0: Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran and we love to watch we love to watch just gonna quote a little scripture um, and he so loved the world he gave his only son Alf to solve everybody's fucking problem do
1: you think there's a Jesus on Melmac
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus delivered. I don't have, I don't know anything about elf. <laughs> That's what's interesting. I am I just a, a crucified
1: elf is pretty funny in my head. I think, I think you could probably make a lot of money on Etsy selling like crucified elves oh, like, yeah. ba- or baby elf born in a manger of other elves. Um, <laughs> the thing is when you do eventually see other elves, I don't mean this mean to sound like a space racist, but all elves do kind of look the same. Yeah, it's really hard to tell them apart. You don't get to see that many, but you don't get to see zero, especially if you're taught if you th- if you think the cartoon is canon, which we'll get into. Uh, yeah. But I'm Aaron Armstrong. Uh, oh, this is what we love to watch. I, f- I forgot what I was drawing. I-, I tried to just get there. Uh, Where we love to watch for movie podcasts. Normally, uh, we pick a theme. We do movies over the course of the month around that theme, and if we remember, we compare and contrast. We're we're switching up the schedule. So, originally, it was going to be Home Alone 2, and then we're saving that for another year because guest Ethan Warren has big dreams, big plans, and he's in a big city, and we had to reschedule. Uh, yeah, we're not doing yeah, Home Alone yeah, he, 2.
0: He's really busy filling out the Warren report.
1: Yeah, well, last we heard from him, canonically, on our show, he left us a voicemail after spending a few days in the field. In a field, not the field. <laughs> A very specific field. So we, we don't know really where he's at. He, he's not here. Uh, but we would never do Home Alone 2 without him. So that's going to be for... Uh, that's that's for the ghost of Christmas... F- cursed Christmas's future to someday talk about Home Alone 2. Then that th- what we were going to talk about today for our third episode was going to be something that we haven't... We've never really decided on. We had a lot of options. There's a lot of Cursed Christmas movies. But ultimately we had this idea for a January bonus episode or the last week in December bonus episode after Christmas, uh, something that you've talked about forever as being the dictionary definition of a cursed art object. Oh, yeah. Um, And so we watched it and I'm like, and you agreed, let's just (laughs) do that for our third episode. We'll figure out something else for our last week in December episode episode that's typically our best of of the previous year in movies. We're saving that. We're delaying that a month. But we're doing ALF's Christmas special, which is truly a cursed piece of media. And as I dug back into the world of ALF, ALF, as a show, is a a cursed piece of media. The (laughs) stories from that show and the real harm that show did to the actors on it, people watching it, and a bunch of other people is insane. Um, most things we cover are not indirectly responsible for, say, killing a child. <laughs> the elf killed a child at one point. Um, for a children's program, it, it kind of has a body count. Well, that's the thing. It's, it does, and the cat, the cat, but you count cats, the body count is actually much higher, which is. No, we're yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk about all that. I. We don't usually do trigger warnings because, like, if we're covering a movie, we're we're recognizing that you probably... You know you, the basics. You probably know what the movie's about. I don't think you're prepared for what we're going to... If you're not familiar with Elf or this Christmas special, you might not be prepared for what we're going to talk about today. So, this is your chance if uh, kids dying, both kids dying, like, conceptually, like, in the TV show, but also real kids dying in real life... Uh, if 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 that triggers you, if suicide triggers you, if cat animal death triggers you, we're gonna be talking about all three of those things quite a lot more than we do in most episodes, actually, and uh, we will probably like. You can already tell. You know how our sh- if you listen, this is the first episode of the show. That's fucking nuts. I don't know why you're here. <laughs> I mean, maybe because you've, this is the only podcast that came up when you listen to Alf's Christmas episode. I want to just they be open clear. They look up iTunes and they look up Alf every single and then day. Finally, it came up, and yeah, uh, and now they're getting this this liberal trigger warning. Um, <laughs> damn woke people! But I, so I also just I'm going to say like some of the real life stories and what is covered in this Christmas special is so fucking insane. That we are going to laugh about them and their existence and the fact that this show was so damaging and everything else. But underlined in circle at the start, we are not trivializing the death of children. We're not trivializing animal torture. And we're not trivializing suicide as real things. Or or cancer. This this whole thing is just fucking nuts. And, like, there is a little bit of, like, uh, gallows humor to how everything about the show, the Christmas special... Is like how is this this how is this a background for a goofy Muppet show that like destroyed people's lives? So we're gonna get into all that. What's it also insane? Peter's been pitching this forever. I'll tell you, Peter. I and I'll get into my Elf history. I have seen this. I. Like I don't remember it from point A to point B, probably because it aired in two parts. When I watched it, Alf in syndication, which I did religiously um, after after school, like in the third or fourth grade, a couple years after this was off, off the air. So, but I do remember like him in the Santa outfit on the bridge and stuff like that. So you know, I I loved Alf. I was obsessed with Alf. I was a I was an Alf head. Um, the um. Not only because – and even before I watched this show. This show I never watched when it aired. Originally, the original ALF show aired on NBC from 1986 to 1990. It was canceled after four seasons and about 100 episodes. Um, but there was a kids' show uh, from 1987 through 88 that then – you know, they of course, with a kids' show, they probably t- produced 60 episodes and aired on random channels – like USA Network for years about – like it was a prequel to the ALF show where his planet blows up and he goes to live with, uh, with humans about his life on Melmac and him – so I used to watch that when I was like four or five. And then at some point, ALF ended up in that every day after school, there was the Disney afternoon and that was followed by like – we didn't have cable and one of the channels would always have like two – a block of syndication. So rotate shows like – Brady Bunch or The Partridge Family, and then as I got a little older, it would be uh, Alf and Growing Pains, like, you know, 80s sitcoms now in the the early to mid-90s, and Alf was, uh, was an after-school show for a couple years, so I, I probably saw most episodes once. And I, yeah, I loved it. And I loved when Alf would show up on like a random kids thing I was watching or, you know, on interviewed on some local news or like a Ricky Lake and I'd see those clips or, you know, something. Alf was the funniest thing in the world. I was already a Muppet fan. Loved Alf. Peter, I think to this day, this
0: Alf Christmas special is the only thing you've ever seen. It's the only off thing I've ever seen. Absolutely, positively, the only off thing I've ever seen. Um, I think that one, we have small generational markers. Yeah. And one of the things we have is, like, what reruns we had access to. Yeah. Um, and also what shows we watched, like, live on NBC, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, the few years between us really do separate, like, the shows that I... Basically, we're like, A, I love the 80s punchline and yeah. shows that you were like, yeah, my family tune didn't watch that every Friday. You didn't yeah. watch <laughs> you didn't watch this? No. Um, you watched like, TGIF? I, I watched the later edition of TGIF. Yeah. That's another thing I want to talk about in a moment is mm-hmm. um, it, it, we need to talk about the history of ALF as a show because I am learning a lot of this for the first time. Oh, my God. I also want to talk about the history of very special episodes. Yeah. Um, because... Um, I I personally remember a few. I feel like the ones that are really classic and canonized are like, I think it's the Different Strokes one. There's like a pedophile tries to take pictures of yeah. one of the kids. Yeah. Uh, um, like that's one that I remember. There's, there's uh, I, I, I think Gary. Yeah.
1: I don't know his name. Gary Coleman was. That? Gary Coleman was the I, actor's name. I, I thought you were talking about the pedophile. No, I don't know. Why would I
0: know the. <laughs> pedophiles name I mean, on there's a website where you what's close to them but um no uh, yeah. i assumed you weren't like perusing the website finding the the pedophile that uh tried to assault uh the different strokes kids yeah no puns about the name absolutely no
1: those were absolutely different
0: comment different and unwelcome strokes that day <laughs> well uh, not touch that no don't i touch won't it. be near it actually. yeah agreed don't touch it don't be near it um, another one that is kind of classic is for. There's a million drugs ones, but like, um, notably the Say by the Bell one. Say by the Bell she one gets on uh, 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 caffeine, caffeine pills. Pill. Yeah, it's like a no, no. Not really. So I'm so I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, well, there was also the though a lot of times. Sorry, I was just gonna say like besides even just the the special episodes, which I remember. I remember the um the Fresh Prince of Bel Air where someone overdoses on drugs or like at some of the hospital. Cause they do drugs. I'm sure. I don't even remember what drug it was. I'm sure it was like marijuana or something. Um, but it's I remember mad, yeah. I, I corralled my parents. We didn't watch Friends, fresh Prince of Bel Air. Ironically enough, fresh Prince of Bel Air took over the elf spot on NBC's Monday night lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they canceled elf, uh, I, we very didn't watch The out of water. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, we didn't watch fresh Prince of Bel Air. But there was all these advertisements, and they would do this for special episodes, and why I'm calling out of, like, watch this one with your children. This is the most important Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode you'll ever watch. And, like, really, I I remember that very clearly, and I convinced my parents to watch it. And it's mostly jokes, and then, like, at one point, you know, there's one little serious moment of, like, the Fresh Prince praying – that his friend I don't know, I, Alfonso Rivera's character Jeff, Jeffrey? Maybe? I didn't watch that. Carlton. Carlton. Of course. He has, does have a dance name after him that I probably should have got, but it is late. <laughs> we started late. Um, he, he sued Epic Games over this He, he did. No, he, he lost. I, I don't understand what Casey would have had. That's why it was so funny that he sued, and of course he lost. And we watched it. There's a part where he's praying over, like, Carlton's doctor's bed and saying, I'll give up girls forever, and then Carlton wakes up and... The Fresh Prince is like – you know, I was just kidding about that girl thing and my parents were like, the show has been terrible and now they're mocking the idea of praying to God. Like they were like, done. So like I, – but – I so I remember all that but then also a lot of times shows like ALF were preempted by after school specials. Like I still – I was at the age where after school specials were a real thing that just occasionally the show you, you wanted to watch wasn't going to be on – and you were watching something about some kid that like takes drugs or doesn't listen to his parents or runs away from home.
0: It was always a bummer. Yeah. Um they uh the fun thing about growing up uh in the golden age of DVD is that there was an era when anything would end up on DVD. Yeah. And my brother and and I ended up getting a box set of um ma- made for after school specials from like the 70s and 80s like proper ones. Yeah. And uh we did watch one about PCP angel dust and where a kid jumps through a second story window, like out a glass window. Yep. Um, uh, and like we watched a couple and they eventually get kind of boring because like the irony factor only lasted so long. Yep. But I have, I've seen a bunch of these mostly in an ironic context. The two that I had, that I can remember genuinely being like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And, be, and being like, oh, serious stuff came into my Disney channel um, because it was it was actually media targeted at me and it was in the middle of the day. It wasn't no. like in like rerun hours at, at, at like whatever, 9 p.m. Was um, smart guy had one where I think where I think he um, not even familiar with what smart guy is. He's a smart guy. Do 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 That's why he um, that's why he doesn't do drugs. <laughs> I, he he's, this one is not for drugs. He uh he or someone some member of the family um gets like flattered by some guy who tells him that they could be a model and then wants to take pictures of them and then like he wants them to ride in front of a green screen on like a surfboard, and they're like, you know what? Surfers don't wear shirts, you should take your shirt off. Anyways, that one stuck in my head. I remember being very fucking uncomfortable, but uh knowing to not go to photo sessions.
1: Um, yeah, there's a there's
0: a very special
1: growing pain ep- episode where he gets a job taking photos of nude girls and like, you know, Mike Seaver, notorious pussy hound. Um <laughs> uh, all the shows had one of those characters. Now not so much. Now he's a like does do bananas fit in apes hand hound for, for the Lord. But um It's also so big, funny that he found Jesus halfway through that show. I know. Um, but he, there, I, he like – he's like – he t- got this job. He would quit, I think, high school and he got this job, taking uh, – modeling job. And then you find out instead of his him being exploited, like the person who quits job and gets this – it's a great modeling gig. Well, he's a modeling photographer and they're like, all right, now girls take your clothes off and the girls are fine. And he's like, whoa, I didn't know I was going to be taking photos of girls without their clothes on. And then like he comes home and like tells Alan Thick, and he's like – no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I knew it wasn't right. I gotta go back to school. so there was a after school special about not taking consensual photos of naked women.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be a pornographer. I' no, I don't know if that's pornography. Yeah, I mean, he was in high school. There's probably something something was shady. I don't. I mean, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) child child pornography. The the women are adults. Yeah. The the, the pornographer is a (laughs) child. child. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure his friend Boner
1: got him got him into
0: it. Um, And then the one that I think kind of transitions us into what I want to talk about, Alf, is. is on Boy Meets World, which is a show I watched oh. a ton of as a kid. It's probably the sitcom that 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 like other than you know, like it's probably the sitcom for children or for families that I've seen yeah. the most number of episodes of. I've obviously seen uh, like every episode of. Sam weirdly Ball. enough, I forget Ball if I Ball. told you this, but I
1: actually did a for fun. I loved Boy Meets World too. That uh, th- I've I've tried to even get Maya into that because I'm like you know because about ten years ago for fun like I was I recorded they were doing a, uh, the episodes on ABC Family and I'm like oh, I'm just going to TiVo the whole series. And I did, and then like when I was like working during the day, I would watch Boy Meets World. So I, I did like a full rewatch of Boy Meets World like ten years ago. That's uh, fun. Yeah, I would love to do that. It, I mean, it's it's good background TV, and it's yeah. like I still I still enjoyed it. I think mainly because like the actors are general genuinely compelling and funny like yeah. Wilfredo and Ryder strong
0: and daniel fish like they're actually like fun kid actors that you that are yeah great, great. yeah it's it's really it's 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 generally a, a really good sitcom for families which i feel like a lot of those shows don't age well like um i, I couldn't get into a lot of them um but um, it had a few very special episodes. One where Sean gets into drinking, and it's oh, sort yeah. of like—I think it's also Sean's dad was maybe a deadbeat drunk. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he,
1: he was a deadbeat drunk because he lived with the Matthews and then would occasionally come back and try to be back in his life. He does reform near the midway point in the series. Like uh, he's, so played he's played by a voice like a frog. He's, he's like, the guy.
0: Yeah, he's that. He's shouty!
1: He's that guy. He's the guy from Waterboy, the coach who's like a deep. No, Great voice. Anymore. Great character
0: yeah. after voice. Yeah. Love it. Um, but yeah, Sean Sha- had, had,
1: had a lot, 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 of talking, lot. right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Sean had a lot of very special episodes he on Friends World. The one that I'm thinking of specifically. Um, so the drunk the drunk one and this one actually have something in common, that's what I want to talk about with elf. Um, what I'm thinking of specifically is there's one I believe Sean and maybe another member of the cast get recruited into a cult. Um, I kind of remember that, yeah. This was during the college years. Um, So, he was like recruiting people on campus and then like one of the cool teachers had to confront this guy who was like recruiting kids in the library. And it was the first time when I was a kid, I was like, oh, there's like, there's like these like con man religion. I didn't have the words for it, but like con man religions like that, like, (laughs) you know, uh, it's okay when the Catholic Church asks you for money, but when this guy asks you for your money. He's a con yeah (laughs) but you know what i mean like truly exploitative religious new religious movements i i didn't i didn't know that existed and the piece that comes here and in uh almost every special episode including the alf special christmas is that special type of discomfort and quiet brutal quiet that comes when there's no laugh track And no awing and no ooing, There's no audience participation because you're just supposed to sit in a sad moment. Yeah. Is quieter than somehow anything on planet Earth, even if you're watching what I watched, which was on YouTube with white noise static in the background. Somehow the quiet of having the audience not laugh at jokes or not react to to stuff because it's a serious moment is way, way more disturbing to a kid. Because, like, there's something yeah. about the pacing of a sitcom and, like, hearing the laugh track and then the laugh track going away and dropping into nothing that, like, really, like, grabs yeah. you attention-wise. Well, you're 100% right. And I think this one's
1: more brutal than other ones because they made a couple of insane decisions, which is, A, to shoot it on film. So it, most yeah. special episodes ha- and have the advantage of, like, look... Yes, we're going to be telling Mark Paul Gossler slash Zach Morris that he made some huge mistakes drinking and hot driving home from that toga party. Um, but it is a recognizable set, sitcom lighting, and an audience that presumably is still there to react very quickly after when they throw in that joke that they always do to cut the tension. But um, for this, for the Alf Christmas special, they shot it on film with no uh, with no audience obviously without sets in real locations, and very explicitly Paul Fusco, who was the co-creator of the show and the voice of Alf, wanted to do everything he could to uh to not make jokes and to avoid jokes as much as possible so that the the seriousness of it. Uh, came came through so like when they do have a laugh track it's obviously not in studio laugh track they do have one it's a it's a subdued recorded one and the laughs come like sometimes 10 minutes apart so there's all these moments of silence and it's also because this is a (coughs) this is a special episode that is trying to grapple with like so many special themes this isn't like Someone does drugs, someone drinks and drives, someone's thinking of ending their lives, someone's taking consensual pictures of nudity. Um, this is about, like, a child who's dying, a older gentleman who uh, whose wife has recently passed. He is going to contemplate suicide. And about the story of the dad who grew up so poor that they lived in a cabin without power for a while. <laughs> after Like, it is... One thing after the other and the without an a audience there to actually laugh, they like occasionally remember to have a joke. There's a sequence in the episode we'll talk about where that was specifically put in at Brandon Tartikoff, the NBC's head, urging because he was like – "This, there's like – nothing funny at any point that elf is doing and so they have a scene of him delivering a baby in an elevator which is also just bizarre because again you don't have the uproarious laughter of an audience and it's not shot on a set with all the goofy trappings of i understand sitcom lighting it looks like fucking uh you know uh like er lighting yeah <laughs> and yeah. It, it doesn't we'll, we'll get into that
0: but yeah this is just not the production but, of it matters the it pro- does it makes it about the- the it feels feel of it, bleak, the vibe of it feels bleak. very much like it, it, it breaks you of the safeness of a studio set yeah. where you're like. All these actors can actually step forward ten feet, and I would be able to see the set, and I know they're just actors. Instead, it's like it's like the, the hospital bed actually is a hospital bed in a fake ho- in like well in yeah. a, a set in a place dressed up to be a hospital yeah they're shooting ho- actual hospital exteriors just like, tons of sick kids it's like a terminal hospital <laughs> immersion is not good in this situation no so there's nowhere to run and the balance is all off you're right it's all the off. fact it, that they. They tackle like 17 issues all at once as opposed to giving you they talk about an issue and then they take a little (coughs) break so kids can like kind of relax and then they talk about the issue and they take a break or it's all kind of building up to like this kid fucked up and we need to have a conversation like Mm -hmm. that's kind of more the model like you drunk drove the there's like a little bit of conversation before the kid drunk drinks and drives for drama and then it's mostly just that after conversation like this is like everything and there's like no time to digest and it's like a generational trauma um, for, for people that saw this and actually like ingested it well so is it i don't know if it's a trauma what's insane is that when i looked
1: at both letterbox and youtube and any place there was comments people rate this high they they see this as a heartwarming story from their childhood which again tells you how weird nostalgia is but I, l- before we get more into this, I, I, we have to talk about Alpha as a concept because you kept saying it's yeah. a children's show. It has a very special episode, but like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Blossom and everything else, like those were not children's. Those were sitcoms. They were family sitcoms at the time, um, which is what most sitcoms were, and um, they got away with not being aimed at children. Elf, which I'm about to talk about, suffered from the weirdest identity ever, which made everyone frustrated, especially the creator, in that it was supposed to be a TV PG, what we would call today. Obviously, they didn't have TV ratings at the time, but a TV PG sitcom in the way anything else was on at the time that could be a little bit edgy here and there until some grown up jokes and it wasn't aimed directly at Kids, and then they had a character who they immediately were like. Let's put this on lunchboxes and let's put this on uh, make a syndicated cartoon out of it. But this, that's the series was created so the person Paul F- Fusco, who is the co creator of the show and the, the voice and performer of Alf, he was friends with Jim Henson. I think he might have been Jim Henson's manager at one point, and he created this like puppet in this caricature. To annoy his friends and at some point end up in a situation where he literally, he pitched the sitcom Peter by pulling out the ALF puppet in a group of studio exec, execs <clears throat> and just like berating them and roasting them like ALF. Like that was it. He's like, this could be a show. The show where he lands and he's with humans, the tanners on Earth, and it was greenlit immediately. Um, everything about this show's creation sounds like a nightmare a complete and utter nightmare. Everyone who was a part of the show basically recounts it the same with the exception of Paul Fusco, who we'll talk about more in a second. But again, it was designed as this uh, this funny comedic character who likes to drink beer and eat cats, crash lands in this suburban household and they, you know, fall in love with Alf, and most of the plots revolve around him annoying the family while also feeling lost from his planet Melmac, which exploded. Sometimes trying to get back there, but also the family trying to make sure that no one ever sees Alf, so he doesn't end up um, he doesn't end up getting uh, stuck in some sort of scientific laboratory. Those are the basic plots. The thing about the show, and they'll talk about this. Those plots ran out very early. Like, how many times <laughs> can you hide out from the mob or something like that? Like, <laughs> I mean, that that's an episode. Did they have gambling like debt? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I forget the, the exact reason. So the thing about this show, though, it, it is puppetry. And Paul Fisco was extraordinarily protective of the character to this day. Tina Fey recounts when she tried to do that. She was a producer on the 75th anniversary of NBC and was bringing together all these actors and characters for uh, – that were on NBC shows. And she said Paul Fusco was the hardest person to work with because he refused to ever show himself pop- – like he, they had to design a, sep- a special section of the stage so he could actually be hidden from the audience. Like even in just a retrospective of the people that create NBC – He is extraordinarily protective of ALF being its own creation and seen as a real entity and not a puppet to a almost pathological degree. He turned down stuff like hosting Saturday Night Live, not because Saturday Night Live wouldn't accommodate the request, but because the live audience would be forced to see him performing as ALF and he would not do that. He turned down other appearances all over the place at the height of his popularity because he wanted everyone to see ALF as a real character and only when they could make accommodations for him like a hollywood squares or funnily enough at um one of the the white house easters because this was ronald reagan's favorite show Um, oh jesus another mark on it old jelly beans himself yeah that he would he would show up and do stuff well it's a puppet show paul Fusco also was like my character needs to be able alf needs to be able to pop up anywhere like he's a real part in the house. It can't be just like he's only in this section like a a Sesame Street where they're in like, you know, Oscar the Grouch is only here and stuff like this that accommodates the fact that the whole set isn't built to accommodate Muppets that can go wherever they want. That's not how they built the elf set. It stood four feet above the ground and had tunnels everywhere so that elf could pop up anywhere in the house at any time. And because of the complexity involved, a typical sitcom films for about 10 to 12 hours, they would film usually every episode 25 to 30 hours a week. Like just the filming, not the rehearsal, not everything else. And they they recount this story of Paul Fusco, basically his life for four years. This is going to lead back into the Christmas special but I do have some more ALF facts to throw at you.
0: Um, I love the background. I love the background. As an ALF novice. Yeah. So, he would essentially, he, everyone was miserable. The lights were hot
1: to accommodate the puppetry and some other stuff there. They're sitting there for 30 hours a week. Uh, Max, uh, what's his name? Max Wright, who played the dad, dad, who played the dad, was a Shakespearean actor who hated the show. He's like, I'm spending all, 30 hours a week in a miserable conditions and alf gets all the good lines i'm only there for a a setup machine for alf he hated so much that he both once verbally berated max his son or i think his son might be named max may have it wrong on the set and they had to like remove him because he messed up a line kept messing up a line and they were staying even later and he just fucking lost it everyone in the cast to this day says that it was an incredibly tense set where everyone was almost at each other's throat every single moment um uh, uh, he he once uh, uh Max Wright once attacked the Alf puppet because Paul Fusco had this weird thing as the co-creator where he didn't take direct he would both act not take direction well from the other creator and the directors because he was the co-creator and he knew what Alf needed to do. But he would also bark direction at Max Wright from down in the floors to do b- scenes better. And at one point, it got so bad, he literally jumped and started strangling the puppet and had to be pulled <laughs> off him. <laughs> when they shot their last episode, which I am also want to talk about here in a second, after season four it was the cliffhanger was supposed to be the ending. They found out they got canceled right as they were filming the last episode. He filmed his last scene, didn't say anything, went to his... went to his dressing room where he already had all his bags packed and left before they were done shooting and never said goodbye and didn't talk to most people involved for years (laughs) like he literally was like i'm done goodbye like walked from the set where he set his line they called cut and he walked out of the building and left forever like That's that's amazing that's how that's how intense and and bad it was um
0: Oh, Everyone I ha- love that shit. I love that. Yeah. I love the I love the idea that behind this like irreverent puppet that's just it looks like the laziest show in the world, right? Yeah. It it looks like an irreverent puppet just people just tee up jokes for him and a reverent puppet knocks him out of the park. Um but when you are dealing with puppetry and you're dealing with this complex set that has like an under set, right? Because he, yeah. he needs to be like below the set. he needs to be able to go anywhere. So yeah. people would trip over like it was like there's a scene of one time the couch
1: falling through the floor because it wasn't set up quite right on the on the thing and yeah. like almost injuring like it just seems like a disaster.
0: Yeah. And uh, like all of these complications, though, behind the set, it like it, it it really feels in, in antagonistic to both a um, how much of a lazy, quippy show. This is this this show. OK, replace Alf with. It got terrible reviews. It was a
1: critical, it was a critical bomb. Everyone hated the show. Huge with audiences.
0: Uh, replace Alf with like a, um, uh, a Uncle Joey character. Yeah. Um, forget the fact that Uncle Joey also had a puppet. Um. Forget that. Um, uh, and like, this would be the laziest show in existence, right? Because it would just be like. <laughs> Who'd just be like, hey, your slacker friend's in the house and he's going to be uh, talking about how much he likes to drink beer and have sex with ladies, because I guess yeah. he can't eat cats. Um, that would be pretty funny to have Uncle Joey character be like, just you know, cats. he's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> well, so, funny you
1: say that. So, the first season they had this vision for, again, a it's it's not necessarily a kids show, it's aimed at grown-ups, but it's okay if kids watch. So, Elf was a heart, he would drink beer all the time, he would That was like one of his character traits in the first season. And he would constantly get in situations like putting the cat in the microwave or putting the cat in a sandwich to eat it. This might not be too shocking if you know where anything goes, especially in the 80s. But they had to really cut back on the fact that Alf wanted to eat cats because some kid put his cat in the microwave and killed it because Alf did it. Um. And so they they cut back seasons two through four, which Paul Fusco didn't like because he Paul Fusco has this intense idea of the integrity to the Alf character, and he literally was like Alf. He was fighting with the network all the time because Alf eats cats. That's part of his personality, <laughs> and had a problem with that. On a more something that he, that even he took seriously, and everyone took seriously, like this is why I said that Alf killed a kid. There's a scene in the first season again just insane that like w- when when you realize how like people talk about the 80s and the 70s being not protective for kids in like the toy lawn darts or like that they would just let, you know you had no way to find your kid they just would go around the neighborhood like the fact that shows didn't think about hey could this be a bad thing um, so there's a, there's a scene in the first season of ALF where ALF goes to take a bath and wants a hot tub and so he takes a electric plug in Blender, like a hand blender, into the bathtub to make bubbles and electrocutes himself. And some this was kid, not a very special episode. This is a very standard episode. That was a very sta- He gets amnesia. It's a big joke, right? The, I mean, again, this is not a joking part. It's still insane that they did that. They have this character that kids look up to trying to make a hot tub, a whirlpool in their bathtub with a plug-in appliance, and lo and behold, some kid did that and died. Jesus. And so that part was stripped of syndication and, like, has never aired again. I don't think it's on the DVDs that were released. But, like, the show really had a – like, not only was it just a disaster for everyone involved, except Paul Fusco, who both says he had a great time making it, and they did the show as best they could under the circumstances. There was no way to shoot it faster, and everyone got paid more for working hours, so they shouldn't really complain. They shouldn't complain.
0: There's no, But when you have a kid working on set at 2 a.m. getting yeah. berated by an adult and a, and a yeah. man under the floorboards that's holding up a puppet. Yeah. Why? Why, why? why complain? So, so the show,
1: they made a verbal promise. So every, uh, most of the cast wanted to be done by season four. So Paul Fusco had this idea to... Let them leave, basically. You don't have to be on the show anymore. We're going to make a cliffhanger where the military finally finds out about Elf. He he gets a call from his girlfriend. They're starting a new Melmac. And he's going to get picked up. And he says goodbye to the Tanners. And he goes to a field to get picked up. And then season five is him in a military base and then annoying everyone in the military base. Like Got the family's it. gone. So it's the way to continue a show that was generally successful. It, it was number 10th in – It's second season in the ratings. By season four, it had slipped to 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 thirty eighth. But what's so funny about that time is like thirty eighth in nineteen ninety still means it was like being watched by like twenty five million people yeah. or
0: something like that. Like, and they're like, no good, get it out. We don't
1: need that shit anymore.
0: That's, so, but that's it's so telling when people are like, oh, I watched that weird season of the show before I got canceled. And obviously, there wasn't yeah. season four, season five, but uh, yeah. people would be like, oh, I watched that weird season of the show before I got canceled because people do watch these crazy random ass yeah. shows uh, back in the day. Only because, only so many things
1: to watch yeah
0: um so he paul fusco was furious
1: that they just left him in this field and that was the end of the show and he eventually six years later got the got to make a tv movie called project Alf that basically picks up the events which i watched when it aired i was so excited i recorded it i watched it a few times because i had seen that cliffhanger so many times in syndication i'm like Oh, I must be missing the next episode. Like I, you know, I didn't have an internet to go look up and go. Did they cancel Alf before? Like, how could you do that? And then, so I was, I was thrilled to see how it ends, and it ends with a bad TV movie. Um, but getting back to Paul Fusco, it's going to lead right into the Christmas episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So here's how Paul Fusco spent his time uh, by a few different people. Uh, He and why he people thought he was very miserable to work with, although he recalls it as a great time. Um, He would obviously sit in those wells basically six to eight hours a day (laughs) with one hand in the air doing his elf stuff, uh, which is exhausting and tiring and everything else. And that's why sometimes he was very difficult to work uh, on the set and also the alien guys, the boss. Um, You know what he would do? With his free time after he was done shooting to blow off steam. Heroin. I couldn't believe this. What? Heroin, right? No, no, no. You're thinking of Jerry Stahl, who was a writer on Elf.
0: Ah, how could I confuse that? That's the permanent midnight. No, Jerry <laughs> no, 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 no. Stahl was- I thought, you, a, yeah. I thought your, the permanent midnight was about both of these guys just being fucked up all the time. Got it. No, 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 no. He's uh, Jerry Stahl was just a writer. He,
1: uh, P- Paul Fusco did not do heroin or did not have addiction issues that I'm aware of. Besides his addiction to Alf being a real person and making sure everyone thought that all the <laughs> oh, time. Oh, he's addicted
0: to reality, Aaron?
1: Yeah, or Irrela. <laughs> so he, he would blow off steam or unwind by calling Make-A-Wish kids as Alf and talking to them.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, we we uh, This story is fascinating, and it leads right into the Elf special Christmas. So uh, where we pick But up, like, literally, hold on, is- though. But like, can you imagine like... He didn't do this occasionally
1: from what I – again, there's – some of this stuff may be apocryphal. Like sometimes
0: it's hard to go back and – He's telling he, a lot of these stories that he's I've He's telling some of these there's stories. Are an interview on Yahoo. There's
1: other people telling these stories. Same thing with like the, the, the network actually did take this out because a kid died. Like it's, it is hard to – like I'm not doing – I looked at Snopes. Alf on Snopes comes up with nothing. No one's (laughs) investigated Alf Alf, uh, stories. But um, it's because every rumor about Alf is true. You can't debunk that. I I think so. Um, But essentially that this is what he would do almost every day. He would call Make-A-Wish kids as Alf and talk to them. And when they were scared about dying, he would do what they do in the show which is explained that he had journeyed into the unknown from Melmac. Because Alpha is always a real character. He's not calling us Paul Fusco. And, say, and described the journey and where it landed him to make people feel better. Make kids feel better about dying. And that combined with a fan that left uh, a, a voicemail that Brandon Tartikoff. And knowing that this is, this is kind of how he spent his time. That led to the creation of this episode. I like. I want to pause before we get into the episode because, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have an opinion necessarily on the ethics of it. It's a like. It feels to me like a bizarre thing to do. That feels like a made-up story. That seems to not be a made-up story. I mean, we celebrate when. Chris Evans goes dressed as Captain America and pretends to be. You know, you're going to fight for me too, right? Like two two kids who are sadly in the hospital with terminal illnesses. Like that part, I think seems okay to us. I don't know why this is weirding me out a little bit. Like that, he just would <laughs> call kids all night, every night, and pretend to be Alf and walk them through their journey <laughs> to oblivion. Comparing to his trip from Melmac, which exploded to to Earth, like it's.
0: am am i am i just like no 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 i think i think i think we have to we have to break this out ethically a little bit yeah so first off um a popular tv character popular enough that kids want this i'm assuming this is this is solicited kids want this you got any kids Um, there who aren't gonna make it to next (laughs) christmas
1: my name is elf and i'd like to talk to him
0: and the kid's like i didn't catch that night i was busy sorry um (laughs) <laughs> is little wonder you... around, <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, so the ethics of these different the, these different actions is, is different, right? I think that just talking to kids as Elf, and from his recollection, he said I mostly stuck away from the state of their health and the death thing, unless it really came up because. Well, I wanted to just crack jokes with the kids, get, yeah. them, get them a laugh and have a good thing. I and should I clarify that he didn't, he didn't initiate conversations every night going like, so I know you're going
1: to die. And this is like <laughs> my journey. But he did use that as an analogy to your wedding. Yes, but
0: I'm up. sure it comes yeah. up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you're dying, yeah. sometimes it tends to come up in conversations. Yeah. Um, but um, – I think that's. A, I think the first category is a genuine mitzvah, regardless of what I think about the show. Sounds like it was horrible to work on, but this kid wasn't standing under hot studio lights for thirty hours a week no. <laughs> to get his alpha appearance done. A, a different, a different kid was. Yeah, but they were paying him good money, and I couldn't get an exact history of what. What how he did this? I do know that by the time we get to the story of Tiffany, that this one was done over video conference, Correct. which was very fascinating to me. Um, that like a local TV syndic, uh, yeah. a, a local t- TV affiliate um, set up a t- some sort of a video conference, and that also helped sell the illusion of Elf for them. Like I, yeah. I imagine, once this once this worked once, I imagine he loved it. But ethics of that, I think, are pretty sound. Alpha's fucking weird, not funny, but like if a little kid loves it, and like you're just I like mean, I, I love fantasy. It. Yeah, let's like let's flip it. What let's a funny guy! It. He's if like a cat. I, he's like a cat skill comic for kids. Yeah, if I were a little kid, mm-hmm. and I were unfortunately going to not see another Christmas, in the to borrow the parlance of this movie or this TV special, <laughs> to, to borrow the uh,
1: explicit discussion they have on the elf christmas special about a nine-year-old
0: not seeing another christmas go on if i were a nine-year-old not gonna see another christmas and on video conference or in person or whatever uh something i think is genuinely ethically good and was run by someone who seems like a hard worker but I i haven't heard many bad stories about jim henson if kermit and ralph came into my fucking hospital room. Yeah. And Ralph started playing the piano and Kermit started singing rainbow connection. And then they were like, all right, we got to go. See ya. <laughs> like yeah. I would have, I would have like melted. That would have made my life. Yeah. The fact that like the, the fact that they're not real doesn't matter. I don't think of that category. Um, the next category is like a little bit space here, which is uh, him many years later uh, making comments like, You know, I think talking to Alf extended Tiffany's life by a month. (laughs) Yeah, that's where it gets. So I think that's the part that's like. (laughs) Way to take credit over her cancer doctors. They're fucking oncologists. He didn't want to. He didn't (laughs) want A cat eating beer swilling alien is better than (laughs) an oncologist. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's the part that's I think the other part that's just weird. Yeah. Is that categories here? I think in most cases, I'm not saying all cases because I, I don't know, but like kids that have Captain America come understand that's not the re- – that, that's a fictional character and an actor playing. And I'm sure there is a part where when Chris Evans is hanging out with a dying kid that – he also, like, takes off his Captain America stuff and just sits and talks to them as actor Chris Evans, which is also a big get for a child who likes the <laughs> Captain America movies, right? <laughs> <They're>, I, <laughs> a I think big I, get? <laughs> I think the same – yeah, big get. <laughs> hey, they only get – you get one get because you're not going to see the next Christmas. Um, with your Muppet example, I mean, I was a kid I, – I, you have to be a pretty young kid – to think the muppets are real. I'm not saying like a 2 year or 3 year old doesn't understand, but like I mean I watched the muppets, I watched Sesame Street. I I remember being in preschool and I, I didn't think Kermit the Frog was real. Like I understood it was muppets. I think that's true.
0: Especially by 9,
1: especially yeah. by yeah. 9.
0: Or or seven or, younger, 7 or 7
1: yeah. or 6 like and I think like if they're so young that they think there's a possibility that Kermit the Frog could be real i actually think you're in an okay place ethically because you know what is what is reality to a two-year-old like it doesn't we're both playing into the magic
0: right which is a beautiful thing you get to share with a child of any health disposition to like share in a piece of magic with a child like that's beautiful right yeah what
1: paul fusco did though was always present Alf to everyone as a real person so As a real being that there was no Paul Fusco, there was Alf who had his own wants and desires. And like he never – he in every part of his being never gave into the fact that Alf is a puppet. Like Jim Henson doing Kermit for the kid probably at some point like was just holding Kermit the frog and then there's Jim Henson. Paul Fusco went to great lengths to make sure that just like anyone else, you couldn't see Alf, him performing as Alf there's even today very rare pictures of people getting a candid shot of him holding the alf it cuz he wanted to preserve the reality and that's the part that gives me a little bit of a like you are he he wouldn't have said i'm paul fusco being alf or if they asked him are you real he would have said yes he he was playing this for his to this day as far as i can tell as that alf is real and so then I think you end up in a really weird area where he is like very actively lying to dying children about you know like yeah yeah, yeah. like it's it's that's what makes it a little bit odd. It's not hey I'm the actor who plays Al for or yeah it, it, there's something about that that's bizarre. You
0: think that the kids gonna get to heaven and get laughed at because I don't know Al's like
1: real? if uh, if Carol Spinney went and saw someone as Big Bird and they're like you're a guy in a suit thank you for coming he's like. I'm... Big Bird's real! And I'm him! Like, you <laughs> get to a point where it's like, okay, calm down, Carol Spinney. Like, you've taken this a little bit too far. <laughs> the kid is aware. And you're, like, giving them life lessons. Like, you know, sometimes when I go back to Sesame Street and I go to sleep, I get scared. But then my Bird family... Like, it's... it's it, it just feels very ethically dubious in a way that like
0: isn't necessarily I wonder, is it okay to i think if it comforts them it's probably okay to lie.
1: well that's that's where it gets i mean again that's i said ethically dubious just because especially once like, you find out a kid
0: is like literally like they're they are yeah i mean again if, if they enjoy the it if they're not going to see another christmas like I think that there's an ethical zone there where it's like, say whatever you you're, you're want providing. You're providing comfort to the sick, and so like, it's, and like it's it really different. there's
1: no there's almost no rules as long as it doesn't fit, harm someone.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and and, and like, um, honestly, like even if it's kind of false hope, like the the odds are stacked very much against the person of any age who's facing yeah. down the diagnosis. Giving them hope is like. Even if it's a yeah. lie, it's like pretty fucking good.
1: I mean, that's kind of arguing li- I mean, for
0: like the n- farewell the version from the farewell where you just like never tell them the truth.
1: No. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, not to be hardcore edge here, but like um I guess you could make the case that like telling any kid like no, you're going to see grandma is like a little bit ethically dubious. But again, <laughs> it has that same like hey, I get it. They don't have much time. Whatever gives them comfort is like the ethical choice. Yeah. But It still, it makes me feel okay, probably, that those kids had a good experience. It still makes me very suspicious of Paul Fusco.
0: (laughs) So while we're suspicious of Paul Fusco, let's get to the next ethical category, which is making Alf special Christmas. Which is, um, in my mind, um, there's some artistic things that we're going to talk about while we're making this, which is like need we expand elf's range to talking about such dark issues is that is that something that we need as a culture um need Alf be the person solving all of these issues and being put in the position of healer to mankind um barring all this for now we'll get there in a second I think that there is a genuine ethic consideration of taking a the story of a real girl naming a character after her to the point that not only do you take her first name the little the little girl Tiffany Tiffany Lee Smith, um, what had leukemia? Um, she wrote to uh, well she wrote to Alf she didn't write to Paul Fusco, um, and uh, then they ended up doing the video conference thing. And uh, after the fact, after the fact, and also um, after uh, Tiffany had died, um, Brandon Tardikoff. Was like, hey, we should turn this into an episode of the show. He, like, heard about this. And it's Brandon Tartikoff's idea um, to be like, hey, we should make it, make an episode about this. Um, exploitation or genuine good, uh, you know, uh, good, good intentions doesn't really matter. Um, hopefully good intentions across the board. I mean, I do think uh, it was likely
1: a little bit of good intentions but i mean yeah, he is a studio he, he is a studio exact and it's like we could really i mean anytime you're like let's turn this into a sitcom episode about this kid who died like there's a part of you that is like ex- like y- y- you're you're getting personal gain out of this so whether you are doing it with good intentions i think i can say pretty It like it's definitely exploitative
0: yeah, the exploitation there is is definitely present. Um, so Tiffany Lee Smith lived from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty seven. Tiffany, you should have lived longer. Like you deserved a full life. And then her. He, hold
1: on, is... but I, I heard
0: that because Alf talked to her, he, she did live a little longer. <laughs> she got an extra month from Alf. An extra month. Thanks, Paul Fusco. He hinted that in a in a Yahoo interview. And in the Yahoo interview, he hinted that she lived for an extra month because of Alf. Maybe, maybe Alf should have
1: talked to her every month. <laughs> With some sort no, of medication. Like, we don't need chemo. Just Alf, get on the video conference. Let's keep Tiffany going. God.
0: Um, and so that dedication happens like genuine, a genuine sadness at the end of this episode. It's a gut punch. There's a real girl. And when <laughs> I watched this, I had none of the context for the first time I watched this. Who made you watch it? Did your brother... Charlie had to have made you watch this. Um, Yeah, uh, brief context. Uh, My brother and I, for 10 or 15 years, uh, have been... gathering and watching as many christmas specials as we can from old shows and sometimes they're like surprisingly kind of good like the perfect strangers one is surprisingly kind of good um even though that show kind of sucks um and then we were like there's an elf christmas special That's got to be amazing it's 45 minutes that's really long and we started watching it with zero context and neither, i don't think maybe he watched an episode when he was a kid but he's like i don't remember anything about elf i think he eats cats or something yeah. and then at the end he's part of the after elf this generation after this death march, <laughs> you you get a genuine, a, a genuine like me- in memoriam card for two people. And one of them is uh, Tiffany Lee Smith, um, who the character in the episode is based on. And my brother and I had to pick each other's jaws off the ground because we were like, yeah, there's a real dead Tiffany. Are you fucking kidding? It, it, it's, it's so... It's such a bad taste on first blush because most people wouldn't have the context, right? Most people would be kind of in our state more or less like, oh, Elf, it's a TV sitcom. Um, They'd have no context on the background. uh, And they'd be like, wait, hold on, a real girl – wait did Elf kill this? <laughs> like what happened? Is the girl in the episode, the one that died? <laughs> like you start like doing, asking stupid questions to try and solve for X. And I'm having, I have genuine moral issues with this episode existing because like they took the story of a real girl and they turned it into, uh, this TV, um, this, this TV exploitation thing. And then they make it super sincere and and, and uh, not hopeful at all. It's actually extremely dark and it ends on a fairly dark note, even though they're reading uh, what is supposed to be a, a very uplifting, cute little poem. And... Uh, I have to ask the the ethics of having a bad end or a a dark ending here. I have to ask the ethics of it because it's more dramatic, compelling. And it's like, you know, Tiffany actually did pass away. Like what are the ethics of having a show that families are going to watch families, maybe some unrelated to cancer diagnosis or terminal illness, cancer diagnosis, or some families that maybe have a kid who is terminal and the kid dies at the end when they're watching the show. Like, the the, the yeah the ethics, what's the, the what's ethics ethics of,
1: the ethics of like hey kids the hour long elf christmas special is on tonight and then like giving them a show about suicide and a kid dying like that that feels i mean part of the reason we had a trigger warning is that if you don't know going into this what the elf christmas special is about why would you think we're going to talk about those things yeah on this episode and like why would any family Thing that they're doing and yeah it does it does stick with the bleakness like i guess from an artistic and real life story integrity standpoint you can say well you know they are showing something that sometimes kids die and it would be great if like i'm not quite sure what they're trying to bring light to because it's just like hey there's this tiffany girl and she, yeah she's not gonna make it to the other christmas and yep she's that's it this isn't sitcoms which are known for solving their problems by the end of it, nothing gets solved from that perspective but then they do realize they're like oh shit what is Alf doing then if not solving solving this kid's fact that that she's going to die? So then they like do something where they're like so we need Alf to do something so that you can have an uplifting Christmas spirit, solve this dark thing. What if separately the Santa who's delivering presents that makes Tiffany happy and that's how she gets Elf he lost his wife recently and he's going to jump off a fucking bridge. Like, that Alf can solve. And it's just like, it's trauma on top of trauma. And, like like you said, in a way that, like, it also feels somewhat exploitive to theoretically make the first 15 minutes about Tiffany and then they're like, well, on to other, other trauma. stuff, like Alf delivering a baby and suicide. Yeah. Like,
0: I, I, I do genuinely think the reason that this sits so poorly in my in my uh, my mouth um, and yet I've watched it like four times now um, shock value is really addicting right
1: oh I mean this like I said this is this is a this is a cursed show I mean we're doing cursed Christmas this
0: is cursed this is cursed it, but it keeps coming back to me I've watched it now I think four times um, and uh, It ending on such a dark bummer note, and we'll we'll talk about this more when we get into the plot, it ending on such a dark bummer note, I think, is a genuine, like, ethical wrongness. When you're making art within the context of, um, you're making art within the context of it's family entertainment, and you're making it, you're trying to tell, like, a story, an inspiring story about, um, you know, like, uh... Maybe Alf gets to connect with somebody who's not—you know—he's not human, but he gets to understand the Christmas spirit and he gets to make someone happy. Combine that with the fact maybe that maybe learn Fusco about would Jesus say, a little bit. <laughs> okay. Combine that with the fact that Paul Fusco also said he's like we didn't talk about death or their illness very much. We mostly talked about um, like just we cracked jokes and had a good time. Yeah. I have to think that there is a version of this that is at least somewhat morally acceptable to me, which is about Alf. Cheering up a little girl who's very sick and she's in the hospital and she, there's no and that's sign of her ever getting out of the hospital. Yeah. And leave it at that and leave it with her, leave it with her and Alf sharing like a cute moment in the hospital room, and then her and the doctor and her family like having like a cute moment all together. Leave it at that. Yeah, that's not uncommon. Instead for of being kids, like, not only did Tiffany die, there's a... there's a, a curi- real <laughs> Tiffany died. There's a curious George
1: Christmas book. <laughs> that I read to my kids all the time, that is like Curious George goes into a children's hospital and ends up decorating the tree, right? And like, in yeah. that, like oh, look, we got this fun monkey we're spending time with at the children's hospital. Um, and that's it. Curious George leaves, they decorate the tree, the kids have a good time playing with a monkey. Mm-hmm. End of story. Like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you could go and say, man, it's kind of like weird that we're doing this in a children's hospital for a kids book from the 70s, but whatever. Uh, but no one goes like, the man with the yellow hat doesn't go. Hey, George, spend extra time with that kid because uh, <laughs> this is going to be your last Christmas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, like, I would. No,
1: I, I would skip that page. To be clear, ethically for my children, I would skip that whole page. <laughs> uh, Christ. Okay. Yeah, let's so speaking let's... of Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. Let's get into the plot. Yeah, you ready? Plot. Talk more minute by minute. The Alphardis is
0: special. one. <laughs> Cats doesn't really come into this episode much except for the very beginning when he's singing a song about eating cats. Yeah, it it really does the like full like TV movie vibe. It does
1: not start with the ALF opening or theme song like most hour-long episodes would. The ALF opening, which I guess Peter, you've never seen is him like, you know, it's it's normal 80s sitcom theme song. It doesn't have any words. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is like scenes from the show of like Alf doing the risky business or, you know, play that old, like different, different scenes from the show. That's a scene from the show. He's not in his underwear, but he is, he is singing around to uh, old time rock and roll. Um, Oh, Alf
0: is, Alf likes old time rock and roll? Yeah. Oh, he's just like Tim Allen.
1: Yeah. He likes taking those old records off the shelf.
0: Um, you know, all, can you think all, of anything all, worse than? Can you actually think of anything worse than um that entire genre of rock and roll that's about rock and roll? No, and especially because what? When did
1: old time rock and roll come out? Like the seventies? When? I mean, it must be the seventies because he says, "Don't, don't let them take me to a disco." <laughs> don't let them take me to a disco. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe he went on a, uh, a co-headlining tour with Kid Rock five years ago.
0: Shocking! Jesus Christ. He's, um. T- these new, so frangled songs. I, I think the only genre that could get away with that sort of self reflexiveness is there are some good country songs that are about wishing country was still good. I think that's probably it. If there was a rap song, it was like, hey, hey, kids, remember Grandmaster Flash? <laughs> like, just nope. shut the fuck up. Kids Make a song. <laughs> yeah, it is
1: funny that, like, basically 20 years after inventing it, that's like if, if fucking, like, whatever the new boy band... Was like, give me back, Street
0: Boys. <laughs> 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 Don't let like them play their eighty synth music. <laughs> I am genuinely like, oh, The Fablemans, a love letter to cinema, and then I'm like George Thorogood, <laughs> a love letter to rock music. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, uh, even, I'm not even letting Joan Jet off the hook for this one. Okay, uh, I, I well, love she, Joan She Jett, just but... Him, but she just loves rock and roll.
1: She's not saying like. Doesn't not, matter the decade. It's not return for rock and roll. No, rock. it's not like play good shit again, the song. Yeah. I don't like bad shit like you kids are listening to. Uh, anyway. It's not uh, make rock good
0: again. Yeah, no. Uh, so he, yeah, so it really just I starts. I can with, walk through the pot. I can do this. So they go to the family plot. cabin, <laughs> I guess.
1: <laughs> so this family. You go the family cabin. Oh. Yeah. If you don't know why they have a family cabin, it's never come up before. Well, technically it's not a family cabin. They're just no. staying there. They're renting there.
0: They're, it, they're, it, not, it, oh,
1: they're not renting it. That's the whole thing, Peter. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. Get into the story. Why is it Why is it free? What's the heartwarming so they arrived, story? Do you want me to tell
0: this plot or do you want to tell the plot? I want here? you to tell the heartwarming story of why they have the cabin. <laughs> so the, the they arrive at the cabin. It's real rundown. None of the family is really particularly happy about it. Especially the Kim, bombing.
1: the older daughter, who's in this sh- episode for three minutes.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, and classic uh, 80s sitcom uh, child actress uh, hell. Uh, her uh, she is an actress was also miserable, and then everyone was kind of like, "Hey, you don't look like a cute kid anymore," and she developed bulimia for ten
0: years. Oh, yeah. that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, so they're at the family cabin, <laughs> all having a great time. <laughs> On, on film. Yeah. Um, and the dad and everyone's like, Why the fuck are we here? And then the dad proceeds to tell the story about how his dad his dad lost his job, they had no money, they lost the house, and then Alf makes it over so, how'd you lose the house? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> just just love having him around. <laughs> just, <laughs> I wonder why
1: Willie's so stressed out all the time. <laughs>
0: i do is every is every single elf episode about the entire family fucking hating Alf and yeah. him being like all right i guess i'm gonna go put out that i'm
1: malmachian what i mean that really is every episode i'm not like <laughs> willie hates him specifically he sometimes mixes it up with the kids and there's a joke that he has a crush on the mom okay that's kind of funny
0: um but okay sometimes so- a little again
1: tonal not understanding tone for that show like yeah like i think there's an episode where like he and ac- accidentally walks in on her in the shower
0: it's, and <laughs> it's whole it, seriously he's like i'd like to eat that everyone gets where you were going it, the dad is like we had nothing and our car broke down and everything was terrible we had no food and then uh mr foley Um, said, Hey, you can stay in this cabin over the holidays. And I think he gave them some food or whatever. Yeah. And he said, we, we had nothing. We were sitting around by candlelight, just keeping each other warm. And we, and, uh, it's the best Christmas I can remember because we were, because we were together. He said this to his 17 year old daughter and his nine year old son. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the year, the year where he was genuinely on the edge of death. The, the funniest part – like I
1: actually think the only legitimately funny and almost seemingly subversive for an 80s sitcom line the whole episode is their daughter Kim who says, oh, that was really nice instead of inviting you back to his house where he had heat. <laughs> yeah he's like he's like ah, blah, 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 blah. like it is like uh yeah i guess that was kind of nice like hey sorry you lost your house uh why don't you go out to this cabin with no power in the woods and see if you guys can make it through if you guys can you the cabin yours. yeah <laughs> that's
0: a that's a real it's a real pull yourself up by your own bootstraps uh kind of scenario yeah it's real libertarian um. yeah very
1: much so um that's like the last thing kim does the other thing that happens though immediately. like and again, this is like, Peter, this is like an Alf episode. He, Alf also immediately ruins Christmas by rewrapping everyone's presents and then opening them and talking to them. Like, he comes out wearing the sweater that, um, that was supposed to be Willie's for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, talks about the robe. Sweater and robe. What a exciting life those two have.
0: Oh, yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, I didn't tell the kid he got a red bike.
1: Yeah. And then he's like, what? It's I was just a mislead. He's not red. And Willie's like, it was red. He goes, well, not in the way I, it came in the box that I saw. Some assembly may be required. But it is a red bike. I don't understand. Like, joke doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, but yeah.
0: So to jump out. Christmas. The, yeah. the runs Christmas. The dad is... Uh, like, nobody thinks this is cute. The dad is, like, untowardly cruel to him and tells him to go fuck off in the woods. Yeah. The dad also gets poison ivy, whatever. It's dumb, dumb.
1: Oh, movie. yeah, because he gives him holly. And he goes, and the, the kid, the little kid's like, that's not holly. I'm a Cub Scout. They're like, that's what, poison oak. Poison oak. Um.
0: <laughs> They're not going to make it.
1: <laughs> this is going to be your last Christmas, Willie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah but he but,
1: t- don't they tell him to fuck off in the woods till he finds the true meaning of christmas like like very culture like you know culturally insensitive yeah he's, a, yeah, he's a Melmacian. like he's living with you why don't you fucking teach him about christmas he doesn't seem to know anything about it where was he gonna get this knowledge willie you're in season two yeah, people, he's been living with you
0: for a year and a half this is, a, yeah, this is sort of like a full me once shame on, you yeah. know, full me once shame on me scenario. Like, like he's been with you long enough that this
1: is now your responsibility. Yeah, I mean, uh, a year and a half means that he probably had a diff- another Christmas.
0: Yeah. Why didn't you tell him about it then? Yeah. Why didn't you? Why, and also, why, would, why wouldn't it be fun to spend an entire day telling someone about Christmas? There's yeah. an entire season. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's a, there's a sub theme here with the dad's plot. The dad's the dad largely doesn't matter. The family doesn't largely matter to this episode, except for they, they send Alf out in the wilderness. <laughs>
1: Anytime Paul Fusco wants to do something important, he leaves the family out. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me, Alf, and the world. <laughs> They're just slowing me down. Yeah. They're
0: just slowing me down. <laughs> I've got to go engage with topics that are far beyond my capabilities. Does anybody hey, have any beer? What's coming out of your body? A baby? <laughs> Let me get my furry paws in there. Oh, gross. Um, I mean, that happens. But before we move yeah, on, I just want to talk to like the dad's plot in this is just like, to me, it just speaks to the poisonous nature of nostalgia that like, like, it's not that, like, he couldn't see any good in that Christmas that, like, that, like, you need to have things to have Christmas. Like, he clearly is, like, it was an important Christmas to me because it told me that family is all that matters. He doesn't say that. um He just says that that was the best Christmas I can remember. And I want you all to go through this to try and chase that high. Of, um, uh, uh, like... like- survival gifts as opposed to presents. Yeah. Like it's, it's like they talk about with crack cocaine addiction where you're like the first time you have it is absolutely the best. And then every time after that, you're kind of just trying to get back to there. Um, he's, yeah. he, nostalgia is like a drug. Like, he's just like, he's, he's, he's so just like cabin pilled <laughs> for the shit. And it's, 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 a the dad is so deeply unlikable and so miserable in this in yeah. a way that like, now that I know a little bit more of the background, I'm like, oh, that bleeds through. He did. He does not like it. It d- <laughs> does. But like the plots are that, you know, he is the, he's the long
1: suffering husband, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's, everyone else is nicer to Alf. He's like, can't you see what Alf is doing yeah. to us? Like. He's got that energy for four seasons again. It doesn't seem like he had to put that much work into the acting part of it. But you're you're right. This is like – my dad was like this too. Like that kind of like poisonous like – I went through something terrible that I hated. But now I look back on that weirdly fondly. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee Willie at age 10 having no Christmas presents and like being in a cabin with no heat and power – that he wasn't like an excited kid or like didn't I didn't mean, have
0: his house anymore no um, I mean if he was an excited kid then there's there's something wrong um, you, know you know what's a movie that's really a really good Christmas movie that's yeah. about the kind of um, the strange power of nostalgia and how it's somehow po- sometimes poisonous yeah. um, is Christmas Story yeah. Because Christmas story is, especially if you read the the Gene Shepherd book, it like mm-hmm. kinda adds a little bit more to the to yeah. the narrative. Christmas story is very much about like um I had like I went through like shit. And I had a dad who was constantly beating us around. And yeah. but we had these like beautiful days together, yeah. and we had these and like my mom was very sweet, and my mom would like my mom would also like beat the shit out of us and then like treat us so nice, and he's like uh, but I have like warm memories of them. I don't remember them as these terrifying presences entirely. I remember getting my Red Rider BB gun, like Christmas story. Is yeah, really it's like it's, it is great like being movie in, about like boomer. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's like being like like being in prison
1: and remembering like you know that one hour day we got to spend in the yard made you really mm-hmm. appreciate nature. It's like yeah, that was a coping me- mechanism for the trauma and the abuse you were going through. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not like a great memory that you have i mean my hopefully your dad didn't but like i remember my dad had a ton of those things that was like um like in high school his parents made him walk to school and he was like hell bent on like me walking to school even in the winter even when friends would pick me up he'd be like if i see a friend pick you up you're grounded it's like so i could have to meet my friend three blocks from yeah i mean because he was like i had to walk through school I remember this as a good experience that helped me learn something. And he was, like, fucking dead set on even when I had my driver's license and, like, friends would come get me. Like, you're walking to school. In high school. Like, I mean, just, like, an insanity of, like, poisonous, like, um, I went through this and you need to go through it, too, because I need to make you like me, which is such, like, a boomer like attitude, and I think yeah. the difference between like parents of our generation is a lot more like, oh, hey, you know all that terrible stuff I went through. I remember it really well. I don't look back on it fondly. I would like to make all those things make sure they don't happen to your own kids.
0: Like, do you think that's? Do you think that's also why a lot of parents don't like why uh, religious attendance is, is going down so? Quickly. Oh yeah, These people are like, oh yeah, I all my experiences growing up religious were terrible. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I do think there's a lot of that. That idea of like. Um, you know, the we- like Christmas is a good example, of, like the weird threats of like, um, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season and we're going to go do like the 10 hour Christmas Eve vigil. And maybe every year, maybe we won't have presents this year, like weird threats about not having presents because it's taking away the focus from Jesus. Maybe we'll just sit and play- pray rosaries all day because that would be good. Like all those memories are just like. Those aren't, like, happy memories of praying in church for me. And I know, like, a lot of, like, the trends on, like, TikTok or Twitter is, like, share why you were, like, fuck this with religion. But most of my religious memories, while I don't have, like, the true trauma of, like, I was abused and, like, by a priest. Like, I don't have positive – everything about church was, like, forcing you to do it. as opposed to something that you wanted to do. So, yeah, I'm sure many millennials and Generation Z look back in those things and go, oh, why would I ever go to church? Again, I only have bad memories tied up.
0: And I think we usually, every Christmas season, we usually do try to talk about, like, making, at some point during the month, we try and talk about, like, hey, make your own own holiday season. It doesn't have to be Christmas, but just, like, it's gonna, the day's gonna come anyways, and most of your friends are gonna be off celebrating something to some regard. Um even if you don't you're non-religious and you don't your family doesn't do uh do anything for that holiday like find some some way that you can like um make the day safe and fun for you and like you can like take care of yourself and feel a little bit of maybe if you can maybe feel a little bit of connection with your common man right like Mm -hmm. you do not have to do the shit exactly that your parents did and that their parents did like tradition is 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 uh, stupid tradition is stupid if it doesn't serve you never yeah exactly like yeah the things that you like
1: and you look fondly of as soon as it's not like weird and like abusive
0: Yeah, you should. Tradition is supposed to serve you. You're not supposed to serve tradition. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I always look
1: forward to like on Christmas Eve, we open presents from our siblings. So like we 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 do that still. Now it's a fun tradition along with a couple other things, you know, or you, you that and you pick one present. So like the presents to each other are a little more special as opposed to like the day where it's like, what's the next thing type stuff. But like. Yeah, those you can do those without like, and everyone's got to be a little bit miserable all day. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what. Anyways, speaking so, of miserable people,
0: Alf, <laughs> Mr. Foley, um, Mr. Foley, Mr. Foley is uh, drops by the house to make sure everything's all right. He's like played, played by, by noted,
1: yeah, noted hilarious person. He's on little who they've who, said, hey, what if you just are fucking <sighs> suicidal and on the brink of despair the entire episode?
0: zero jokes the entire zero episode. jokes. Um, apparently he sought out this. He sought out I, to some degree. He sought out being an Alf, and he wanted like he's like I would love to have like a, a, a substantial role on Alf. I don't. Totally okay, know so why. those two things make sense. Do you think he's like
1: oh my god, love Alf, would love to be on Alf? Can I bring this show down and like quite a bit and really focus on the serious
0: issue of of what if Alf saved me from killing myself? He never really perks up. <clears throat> he no. he 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 has one really warm, amazing Cleavon little smile at the end. But yeah. pretty much, even after he decides he's not killing himself, he's like, "I'm not gonna kill myself, but I'm not gonna be happy about it." <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> he's like, "Look, actual uh, Santa you're Claus, you are making me do
0: this." Yeah. Yeah,
1: so he's in this, he's Mr. Foley. Oh, oh, Mr. Breeze, <laughs> Mr. Breaths all the time. <laughs> what's funny about, what's <laughs> funny about Mr. Foley is that even though he saved Willie's family when Willie was a kid, I believe he's the same age as Willie.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. They, I mean They, they um, do a lot of old man makeup. They look like Pierce, and yeah. I think that's... Uh, You can't age down, Willie. And you can only age up Cleavon Little so much.
1: Um, Let's find out how old Max Wright was in this because it's going to be like he was 32 because Max Wright always looks like he's 80
0: years old. Yeah, he looks haggard. Um, While you're doing that, uh, Mr. Foley is, he's clinically like suicidally depressed. He just lost his wife and he leaves. He's like giving away everything. You have
1: have to say how he says that he lost his wife because like, they're like, how is whatever Maxine doing? She's like, she's, She's pretty sick, and like they're talking in the cabin. And then as he
0: drives away, he's like, She died last week.
1: And he pulls out.
0: died <laughs> <laughs> last week. Drive away. And the only one that hears him say this is Alf, who hid in the back of the truck because he yeah. saw toys in the back of the truck. So Alf decides to go to wherever the toys are going because he's in the back of the truck and alf uh, arrives at the hospital and pretends to be a toy uh, for the toy donations because that's something that uh, mr foley does uh he does repair work for the hospital he handles this sort of toys for tots thing which is not necessarily like all new toys he also fixes up old toys and cleans them up and gets them in good shape like um and he also he just kind of does like anything the community needs especially now that he's a widower. um and uh, he's just suicidally depressed. the only thing that is making him like leave his house is fucking like is', is doing gotta, it's, gotta, it's gotta deliver these toys yeah he's and it's, and it's like a, a performance that's like we talked about in um the Planet of the Apes series how like I love the the new three Planet of the Apes movies we just talked about how much I love them in, in the last month. However, there's like a bunch of actors in those movies that are just grossly overqualified yeah. Cleveland Little is like really like he's really miscalculated for this because like I, every shot that he's in, I want to cry. He is just like yeah. so like he, like beaten down, and he you can see it in his eyes and his face. And he's really giving a lot in this performance, yeah. and it's like maybe inappropriate. Like again, like all of this is inappropriate. It, it's, such,
1: it's such a the context. Yeah, it's such a bummer. There's not a laugh, and like back while well, he's at the hospital like willie's finding like oh it looks like he left us
0: the deed to the cabin that's weird he's giving away he's giving everything away everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's something so let's that get to do before suicide because it's yeah not necessarily spur of the moment thing um so let's get to tiffany tiffany is a cancer patient she has leukemia based on a real girl we talked about this a little bit in the first half a little real girl that passed away in 1987 rest in peace tiffany yeah. um don't want Do you to, think this talked? girl
1: lived uh in the, the tv show alf fictional universe if she lived an extra month after <laughs> meeting alf as well
0: well because of the power of alf actually <laughs> an extra two months yeah, just curious. His healing that's, powers are twice as powerful. That's the power of ALF. <laughs> that's the power of ALF <laughs> Is that his problem? He's too too many cats and he's like, oh. He has whatever IBS is for cats. Yeah. Well, just because it's a delicacy,
1: which it is, doesn't yeah. mean that it goes down well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um I like sushi. Sometimes you pay the price.
0: Yeah. I one time I ate uh a uh, pork islet I think it's the fat around the face like the face mm-hmm. fat from a, a pig which I don't eat a lot of pork anymore um, mm-hmm. but like at the time I was like mm, you're still killing the pig yeah. um, and it was like the most delicious thing I've ever eaten and um, I felt so fucking sick because it was like the fattiest cut of meat yeah. I've ever had it was like <laughs> eating whale
1: <laughs> so you're saying like if I hosted an elf themed dinner party people would be right to be concerned Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. i I'd come for the drinks. I mean, he he just likes beer in that first season. See? Uh, Yeah. So Tiffany is... Oh, we're not staying for dinner. (laughs) uh, Tiffany is dying. Um, Tiffany... Oh, here's the part where, like... So Tiffany picks Alf as, like... A toy, Because Alf can't be discovered as an alien, so he's sitting perfectly still. Which you must have, like, figured out, like, oh, that's a part of Alf episodes that he can't reveal himself. Because they don't – no one states it because when Alf gets discovered, he just has to sit still. There's no, like – no one in the family is like, oh, does the, like, shoe leather thing that they did in most of the episodes – because it's a sitcom and you need to explain everything. Like, Alf can't get discovered. They'll take him away. Like, he just is still. So you kind of have to intuit, like, he can't get discovered if this, for example, is the only episode of Alf you've ever seen. Um, but Tiffany just assumes that he's a doll. And he she starts dressing him up like a doll. And he finally reveals himself because she's about to put something pink on him, and he's like, "This is too far. I would risk dying in a laboratory. I'm a boy. Boy wear <laughs> boys wear things with blue, which means that uh, not only is that no wonder it was Reagan's favorite show. Um, that like I guess like nomadician culture." <laughs> Has a very, like, traditional gender role structure and the same identif- and identifiable colors for, like, in Melmac, there's only two genders, I guess. Like, or in a, in a year and a half on Earth, while he didn't get Christmas-pilled and didn't know what that is, he did get red-pilled. <laughs> he
0: did get red-pilled in a different sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, like, when, um, you know, a Melmacian... Uh, is about to be born. They paint the inside of, like, the chrysalis chamber blue or pink. Yeah. Uh, literally, he
1: it would rather risk getting murdered by scientists and reveal himself than wear some pink shit for girls. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> like, he walks around naked. He has no genitalia that we've ever seen. The girls just look like the boys. And he's like, no, 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 no. they're two genders. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an alien who's traveled billions of light year where I draw the line and I'll put a boot up your ass. Is it <laughs>
0: pink shit? It's the Momakian way. Yeah, he doesn't even wear clothes. Yeah. Like, but he literally says blues for boys and pinks. For yeah. Um, I, I'm just glad that Tiffany is learning gender essentialism before she <laughs> goes off to the great beyond. I, I'm glad the entire audience watching was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, good good but, for the uh, But but uh, uh, there's a woman in labor who gets stuck in an elevator with Al Wait, hold
1: on. No, Tiffany. Tiffany is out of the picture before that because he convinces Tiffany off camera to return him. And she's I, like, I don't want this ugly one. I want this doll. She's like, I don't, Oh, you she, like she this
0: needs one. to. Yeah, she needs to help him get back home. Yeah, get him out of there. And then it's when when he though. leaves
1: when they leave the Alf doll behind with uh, Cleveland Little. That's when the doctor's like, oh, you hear about Tiffany? Not going to see next Christmas. <laughs> and then Alf's like, oh no, maybe I should do something. Like, teach her that AIDS isn't a big
0: deal or whatever else he was teaching people uh, at the time. Yeah. The fact that there's a connection between Alf and Reagan makes me hate this little fucker so much more. What's more
1: harmful, that Reagan liked it, or that that one
0: kid died by trying to make a whirlpool in his bed? <laughs> Reagan has a way bigger body count than Alf. Ray- Man, true. <laughs> Reagan has killed way more kids than Alf. Yeah. Say what you will about Mister Ed, a lot of horses may have died, but no kids that we that they reported on. Christ. Um... So, yeah. So, then Tiffany disappears from the episode. Alf gets stuck in the elevator with a, a woman in labor. Yeah. Um, and uh, this was the life. scene that was
1: inserted because the show was too much of a bummer. And they're like, let's spruce it up with the little
0: – what if Alf delivers a baby? What, why not just have him cause a little bit of chaos at, with, yep. like, the nursing staff or something? No, like, he has to deliver a baby. He says he's Dr. Gordon
1: Shumway, which is his true name, but I don't think he's a doctor.
0: Yeah, I heard. I've heard this is that um, Gordon Shemway is his like Earthling name or his Melmac name or whatever. No, no, like Gordon Shemway is his Melmac name, and he has adopted. They call him Alf, which stands for Alien
1: Life Form. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. instead of being like, no, my name is Gordon, which by the way is a name on Earth. I don't know if you know that. Like that is it's not like a weird, unpronounceable alien name. People that exist are named Gordon. Yeah. Uh. You, so, Gordon foot Gordon Freeman. Gordon from Sesame Street. Like tons of people named Gordon. And he's just like, no, it's fine. You call me Alf, which I guess is kind of a slur or something. Um, just call me that from now on.
0: Yeah. But his real name's Gordon Shumway. Who wants to be known as like a, a racial category? <laughs> I, his name is Gordon <laughs> Shumway. It's his real name. But he lets everyone, I'm Alf. That's what he yeah. says to people. Um, I'm really happy that you remember some of the jokes from the episode, because they're just gone. Yeah. Blasted away like a fucking yeah, power so, pressure washer. Again, <laughs> this this
1: woman assumes that, she, that he looks like this because she's taken drugs. And then he's like, I hope you haven't taken drugs. You're about to give birth, it looks like. And then he also is like, he's asking, I forget what kind of asinine questions he asks that, like, I think he's a scientist at his home planet. Like, again, one of the problems with the way they did the fish out of water comedy here on, on ALF in general is like, there's one that, they didn't do the third rock, third rock from the sun was actually great about this. Right? Where it's like, what do they not understand about Earth? But they're not fucking idiots. Right? Like they, they they understand like they don't understand Earth customs. They don't understand why they can't you know don't cross this line in a bank. Is it gonna is there a force field that's gonna kill us like?
0: And the point is that good like, writing highlighted like the stupid shit that we do on yeah uh, our culture that makes no fucking sense. And like particularly the show got very funny when it got into like dating stuff. You're we like. <laughs> why do you have to wait for the second or third date to do this? Why yeah. do you have to wait for this person to call? Like, all the dating stuff that, like, got really, it got really funny. Uh, I watched the first or second season, first and second season in the past few years because I was like, is this show still good? It's just yeah. Really, it's really it, yeah. It's really Yeah, it's really good. But, but clever uh, writing can clever a sort of fish-out-of-water thing where you're like, oh, wait, the aliens are right. Like, that's good writing. As opposed to being like, those darned aliens! Well, just, yeah, just not understanding, like, You've been on Earth for a year and a half. Like, the thing
1: about Third Rock from the Sun is they did understand more things, right? Like, after they'd been there for a while, by season two, they weren't, like, confused by some
0: basic stuff that they had, like, lived through for a while. So, like, him not That's understanding... That's kind of the goal of the later seasons is, like, they're, like, almost humans, right? Yeah. Like, they're just weird humans. Yeah. Like, not understanding where babies come from
1: when he's also an adult man who... Presumably, like, he gets the hots for girls and has a girlfriend. Um, or, I mean, he's not an adult man, he's an adult elf. But, like, yeah, what does he want to do with the mom? I, I mean, Ooh. I don't know, but, like, e- even if somehow that's like they lay eggs or something like that, like, you've been on Earth a year and a half and you watch TV all day. <laughs> Someone having a baby's never, like, come up. It's just so fucking stupid. Anyways, he doesn't know, but somehow he still successfully delivers this baby. Uh, and that's the end of that. That's our comic. We talk a lot in the show
0: about we talk a lot in the show about how sincerity and earnestness is important. Um, and uh, I have to also remind myself that there's stuff like Alf helping a woman give birth with almost no jokes. Um, well, hold on. That, that's like the, that is the comic scene. relief moment. But it feels like this is this is sincerity being like weaponized against me specifically. Like you're <laughs> like why are you trying to hurt me with this? Yeah, that was the that's the funny thing, is like the jokey scene that they inserted
1: because the episode was too dark is pretty horrific. Yeah. It doesn't, not, it actually not, doesn't funny. make any
0: more sense that they inserted that as a comedic scene, because it's yep. like it's not conceptually funny. it's not like a laugh riot like oh we've got 30 jokes for this let's use our top 10 like it's 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 um the jokes the joke ratio still is like firmly in the in the like and and they use that like mild chuckle audience laugh track so it just feels bleak it's bleak (laughs) so bleak and and also it's buried between bad news so i was like is this baby gonna make
1: it no well no i mean Gordon, Doctor Gordon Shumway is delivering it, Peter. There was a really good chance that baby wasn't going to make it.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, people do go
0: to school for a long time to be able to be. <laughs> he's got those furry mitts. There's got to be an infection risk. That fucker oh, wasn't huge. He was hiding under a medical rack uh, in a hospital. Like that guy's hands are filthy. Yeah. Well, um, plus, I mean, just all the different viruses he's exposed to. <laughs> so here's why this doesn't click for me as a comedy scene. Because it ends on it's one of the funny. true true bummers of the episode. Do you know what the bummer is? Yes. <laughs> what do you? She says. She says like I was gonna name the baby. Oh, and he's like, you should name the baby Tiffany. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 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 I, I
1: forgot got, about that. I got the bad kind of shivers. Where I was like, Fuck well, you. he said she says Gordon, and then of course because they believe in traditional values, she's like Gordon for a girl. I don't. <laughs> think so. And he's like, what about Tiffany? Um, cause there's a girl that's not gonna make it till next Christmas, and hopefully, yeah. I didn't give your baby Melmacky at 19, and is not gonna make it till next Christmas.
0: <laughs> he eats cats, Peter! Yeah. I, I'm just saying, just you might give that cats. baby a... I'm just saying, hold the baby's head and just give it a quick baptism in bleach before you do anything. I think so. <laughs> no. Um, just keep that baby what away from Alf but Alf that that essentially is the how often the do you more... think they watched the Alf puppet
1: well actually so they had a whole different one for rehearsal called Ralph rehearsal Alf <laughs> it's true um, because so that they could keep it clean and in good condition because it was expensive to maintain
0: it doesn't look expensive
1: no it, it looks like it smells
0: it looks like it smells like so it looks, bad. I mean, so like, like it looks like it. It looks like it smells like wet dog. Yeah. So I have a. I had a. I have a um, big king sized fluffy blanket from Costco. That's the greatest. Blanket. Congratulations! It's the greatest blanket known to man. It's one of those Pendleton blankets from. Costco. Is it made out of an it's elf? Like Thirty five dollars. If, if you go to Costco, if you're a Costco shopper, those Pendleton blankets from Costco, incredible. You're co- Costco head. I'm a big Costco head. Um, and, uh, incredible. The thing is, though, when you when you have that on the couch, like, an entire winter, it starts to smell like human. Um, and that's just two people just kind of casually sitting, maybe taking naps, you know, whatever. I can imagine this thing that's getting fucking worked under, like, 100 degree lamps. This thing smells like a dumpster oh, yeah. poured through a diarrhea factory well and he just has his hand up the whole time so like all that
1: you think he's like reapplying deodorant every like all those bo odors are just going right up into the alf oh, oh yeah obviously yeah. because the tiffany st- yeah, probably died of gut. olfactory poisoning <laughs> <laughs> um but but, yeah, so anyways, that but, but isn't, isn't that actually. basically hold on but like i'm pretty sure Um, there's a point where my, much like a lot we've been watching this month, my brain, I think, tried to stop focusing as hard as possible. Um, but the, I'm pretty sure that details get tough. I am pretty sure that that is the happy ending to the Tiffany story. Right? Like they do the poem at the end and they say the thanks, but like, that's, we're, we're going all Mr. Foley. That is kind of the happy ending. Like that Tiffany's name lives on. We don't go back to Tiffany, right?
0: Yeah, that um, a random little girl, a random baby that Tiffany has no association with, will will get to live on with her name. Yeah, but at like, the end of the day, it's supposed to be a life goes on thing, but it also yeah. one, it happens way too soon. Of uh, like, like it happens way too soon. Um, in the episode two, the end of the episode is such a fucking bummer, and the baby has <laughs> nothing to do with it. So like, it can't act as hope. There's no yeah,
1: everything moves away, but I do I do think that's the hopeful like. Yeah, life goes on. For Elf. Elf Elf is the only one that gets the heart. Like it's good it's great for Elf. It really isn't good for anyone else. But yeah, the show's called
0: Elf. There'll be many more cats to eat tomorrow, right? It's
1: not called it's not called Tiffany's Christmas, it's Alf's Christmas. Yeah. And Elf had a very touching moment of like, you know, sunrise, sunset.
0: <laughs> Alf is the equivalent of somebody who worked in a soup kitchen once and now talks about it constantly. Oh yeah. And then I
1: let Tiffany's legacy
0: live on in another baby, <laughs> who I
1: dropped eight times. <laughs> they cut it out.
0: Um, yeah, now we're going all in on Mr. Foley. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Foley, uh, he does his duty at the hospital. He fixes the elevator. Because apparently, he's also an elevator operator. You just no. get that shit recertified, dude. Hey, there's like here's what wars. we know
1: about Mr. And Foley: wife dead, delivers toys for tots. Elevator repairman
0: gives away his cabin when people lose their homes. Yes, so he goes to a winter bridge. He gets up on the rail, and then Alf is like, "Well, Alf was hiding in the car
1: to try to get back home." Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he doesn't he doesn't know that she's going. Yeah, but he he's in a Santa costume. I forget why. It doesn't matter.
0: Uh, I don't know. um, but uh, he <laughs> thinks that Mr. Foley uh, is um, on the on the rail this is a, a performance is like really raw i've talked about before but like it's really raw and really vulnerable and it's and like, like
1: really darkly it's... lit it's the film thing so you're not even doing like suicide with a sitcom sat lighting it is like it dark bridge safe. it looks like no it looks like something on the x-files yeah. or something like that where Mulder's about to get shot by the fbi for asking too many questions yeah. um <laughs> and yeah he's on the bridge and he's like he is like what are you doing man and in the most insane just, performance
0: is too much for this it's too like much way, it's way too much for this and like this is too much for this right like it's not Cleveland little's fault no no um, uh it, it put it did put a like it did, does the scene does put a lump in my throat throat like against my better taste and my better judgment like this is fairly embarrassing but like the scene put a lump in my throat i was like i was like man please don't fucking heal yourself like like you got, you got. I
1: mean, control, yeah. I mean, at this control. point, the rules are out the window, right? They basically are killing off a nine-year-old girl in the first half of the episode. So, like, this guy could jump. Alf could be
0: unsuccessful. I got mad. I got mad at this for working. Like, I, I got. I, mad. I don't think it, it didn't work for me. Does and it, I usually it doesn't it, work. Work. I, I understand. But what it, you're explo- it exploited me and manipulated me into feeling something because Cleavon Little is like so heartbreaking, and then. And then Alf comes in, and he's he's Santa Claus, and Cleavon Little is apparently having such a mental break that he thinks not only is Santa Claus real, but that he looks like uh, Alf. Th-
1: that's the part
0: that took me out of it from,
1: like, a, I think even having an emotional connection, because he's there like, what are you doing, man? And he's very accusatory. I don't know if you know this about – if someone – Someone is about to jump off a bridge, I'm not – I've taken no classes on, like, talking down people from ledges. I just want to be clear. I'm not a professional uh, police negotiator or anything like that. I do think uh, accusatory yelling at someone is not the right move in that moment. But uh, especially if you're a little weird alien creature who could scare the shit out of them and just make them fall accidentally. But anyways – Sounds like he, lit bullshit, but continue. Sure. Mr. Foley makes the huge leap – that the show is also asking us to make, which is what took me out of any possible emotional connection, which is, uh, oh, Santa, I always knew you were real and watching me. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this little elf guy? You're like, that's actual Santa. And, he's and you've been watching, I always knew you have been watching me. The little doll that I've been carrying around all day. You're the real Santa, aren't you? And then he's like, you know, he does, like, a couple elf jokes about not being the real Santa. And then when he's like, okay, I'll get through to you. Yeah, I am Santa. And I don't like you jumping off of bridges. Like, it's... Yeah. That's why it doesn't work. Like, the, I agree the performance is good. But, like, why not just be like, I'm an alien and I've been out to many planets. Like, why doesn't he give a version of the, the speech he gives to Tiffany about, like... Because he, he does that, that speech I said that he sometimes gave to real people about, like... When I journeyed out past Melmac, I didn't know what I would find either. And look where I landed. So you don't know what's going to happen on your journey. Like, wh- he could have done that. Instead, he just is like, yeah, I'm Santa, I guess. And don't jump. It, I mean, that is such a bizarre leap. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I like your take that he's a broken man on the edge and is just grasping at straws. But again... Uh,
0: I, I, I mean, just like I'm like I think he needs to be I think he's having the sort of mental break that he needs to be hospitalized and yeah. I don't want to think about I don't want to think about that in particular I'm glad that he the character is still alive um, but he doesn't get Are hospitalized you? Alf should be taking him to a psychiatric care immediately instead <laughs> he's like go. no we need to do him. let's go to a children's hospital right now
1: yeah
0: I'm gonna get my fix like my creator Paul let go you know, let's um, actually I'm gonna take you back to this, the place that pushed you over the line <laughs> do you, so there's a famous uh, outtake blooper yes
1: where Alf jumps out in, ca- in costume
0: and just says jump right yeah yeah and, um, and, and, and and I think that this is actually this is actually fairly indicative of the contrast that we were talking about in the first half of the episode which is that like there's a lot of interviews and with Paul Fuscó that interact with the reality of other people's interviews that kind of make Paul Fuscó just seem come across as very self-serving but him being like, it was just so important for us to do this episode. It was just really important. And then in an inter- in the interview, he be like, we had fun on set. Anyways, Cleveland Little was very worried about his performance. And uh, I, l- I helped lighten the mood by making some jokes on set. <laughs> it's like, can you fucking yeah. imagine? Because Alf's whole thing is that he jokes at every
1: possible time. So making serious stuff with Alf at the center is a mistake because he's not – a serious figure even from what you've watched where he's a predominantly serious figure dealing with serious issues in your mind like that's he he can't deal with serious stuff and that's like why this is such a mess what's funny about that outtake uh peter is that um alf actually got in some trouble for outtakes about 10 years after the show ended a blooper reel was released only for people to find out that alf paul fusco uh would like to swear and say dirty stuff and racist stuff uh and that was like their outtake reels and one got released uh and people flipped out and you know how everyone handled it associated with the show they interviewed badly yeah uh if you're offended by that you need to get a life um uh, it was a product of the time. Things were different back then, <laughs> like all the normal stuff. But yeah, uh, they they responded poorly to uh, the outtake reel of like shitty stuff.
0: Yeah, man i i uh, I think it, I do think it's like fine to like have like bloopers come out, and like you were like a little bit like you know blue or off color or whatever. But like, yeah, in the eighties, particularly the late eighties. I feel like you should know, like maybe when you're around a bunch of your peers at work, to not say racist shit, no matter how tired you are. Like I've worked, I've worked well beyond five p.m. I'm not saying that I worked in hundred degree heat uh, for Paul Fusco, but like I worked, I've worked well past five p.m. on late nights, and um, when I'm just cracking jokes with my friends to be, or my my coworkers to be like, be like. Man, this sucks. I'm not like, man, this sucks. Anyways, here's what I think about Mexicans. Like, I I, I have... Well, for yeah. one, I'm not racist. And two, uh, I have some fucking decorum when I'm at work. Look, <laughs> Peter, what
1: you are suggesting and what Paul Fusco knows, that his best friend Ronald Reagan would roll in his grave... Also his grave. His grave and his grave. and his,
0: it, you know, so that, was, that was like a Reaganism right there.
1: If he ever had to apologize for offending people, well, that's their problem. If anything, we should be apologizing to Paul Fusco for changing the culture on him. No one ever <laughs> says that. What we made him look stupid by changing what's socially acceptable in his
0: mind. And think about everything that he did for... Elf culture. Alf, for elf culture, for at least five sick little kids, he gets some passes on some dirty words.
1: I don't like no one spells out this connection. But do you think he started to devote his life to Make-A-Wish kids when he found out that he accidentally killed the kid in the first season? <laughs>
0: He's like I gotta I gotta I gotta get gather up enough months. I gotta um, balance
1: the scales I think on this one. That was wildly irresponsible. Like I'm not just an actor, I create everything elf does and I was like
0: like, Well That kid probably would have lived to be 74, so I need to make sure that I make kids live just long enough (laughs) to add up to 74 years old. What's insane is that I
1: do think that they would have drawn the line in 1987 at the idea, like, Alf wants to warm up the bath and so he grabs a toaster and brings it to the bathtub. So why did they think like a plug-in electric mixing tool would be fine? (laughs) Like, it's it's just so insane that got on the air.
0: Once. Once. (laughs) Um... So, uh. Cursed uh, so Christmas. Cur- cursed Christmas. Game let's get up. to the end. Um, yeah. uh, Tiffany, Tiffany, uh, it has a final moment, um, in the hospital room where she has a good Christmas. And it's like the beginnings I mean, of a. God. It's the beginnings of a sweet <laughs> moment. It's obviously going to be her last Christmas. She was inspired by Alf in some way. I don't fucking know. And she had one conversation with Elf. Just a little um, yeah. And then, uh, and then she looks out the window, which is a, it's a cliched, I'm depressed thing. Like yeah. putting your hand on the window and being like, yeah, like, man, just, you know, I'm just thinking about things, just staring at yeah. the window. Like if I, every time I'm looking out the window, my wife's like, are you okay? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, there's fucking squirrels on the power lines.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping Elf is out there getting into a station wagon to say goodbye to me.
0: (laughs) And then she's, and then, yeah, she was already giving off and giving the, the thousand mile stare out the window. And then she's like, oh, I guess that fucking dude's back. Um, she's like, and, uh,
1: well, at least I got New Year's to look forward to. Yeah. And maybe I'll make it to Easter. Big St. Paddy's Day fan.
0: So she looks down and she gives a very tiny, almost imperceptible smile to Alf. And Alf like waves back or whatever. Alf looks like he's getting back into the hearse of a funeral.
1: Like, that's the look. I understand the puppet only has so many facial expressions, but it's – he's clamping his fists together very tight.
0: Yeah. And the final quote is uh, from this response, this anonymous response. It was eventually – out. the writer was eventually uh, outed. But, like, this anonymous response that was um, uh, to a question posed to the New York magazine The Sun in 1897 – um, and, uh, a little girl asked, uh, is there a Santa Claus? And, uh, this, uh, writer came up with this very beautiful response. Oh yeah. Cause the doctor reads it too. You want to yeah. know if there's a Santa Claus that's on the front page of the paper. It's important to note that this is being read. <clears throat> this is it. It's paraphrased cause it's not like word for word. Um, cause it's responding directly to a little girl named Virginia, not Tiffany. Essentially it's just a, a very sweet, um, A very sweet response to a little girl. I am eight years old. Some of the little friends... Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, as in the magazine, "Uh, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there Santa Claus? Virginia, O'Hanlon, 115 West 95th Street. Virginia, your little friends are wrong. And then... Not believe in Santa Claus? You might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus, but even if they did not see Santa coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is not a sign that there is no Santa Claus. You may tear apart a baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside, but there is a veil covering the unseen world which not the strongest man, nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived, could tear apart. Only faith... Fancy, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view the picture, the supernal beauty, and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, in this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus. Thank God he lives and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times ten thousand years from now, he will live, he will continue to make glad the heart of a childhood."
1: And then it ends with this weird part where it's like, and if you suspect your friends of being communists,
0: please contact
1: the Center for Un-American <laughs> Affairs.
0: Center. I think yeah. in in the eighteen ninety seven, they would have been more concerned about anarchists, um, <laughs> but also commies. Um, but they
1: <laughs> are your friends talking about the bull moose party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the point, uh, the the reason I wanted to read a little quote from this because it's very, it's very like beautiful, sort of like um, yeah, it, it has elf energy. In. And it's, it's very, it's, it's been often reprinted, but the, the way that it's read by Cleavon Little in the end is like raw and heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. sad. And you're looking at a little girl that the show has told you is dying Mm -hmm. and then it just ends. And then they're playing Silent Night in the background with like a children's choir. And then it just ends. And then it shows you the the names of two dead children. (laughs) Yeah. RIP to a real one. (laughs) <laughs> a real dead like child. literally a real one yeah i peter a real yeah. one and um uh, it's it i i suggest looking up i'm not going to read the entire thing i just want to read little chunks of it because it's just a very it's a very uh like a beautiful piece of writing it's often reprinted around christmas yeah. time um but uh it's it's playing with forces beyond <laughs> beyond the ability of elf um and it's 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 it's, it's rustling in in this like this deep, dark, dangerous woods of, like, who is seeing your show? Who yeah. is interpreting this? What are they taking away from it? Like, what is your intended message to the to the world? And, like, I understand that, like, Paul Fusco, like, obviously took this stuff very seriously to do this on his own time, enough that it inspired an episode, at least according to, the like, the canon. But, like, the reason that I find this so sticky and it sticks in my mind is because... It is so aggressively unforgiving to it's it's aggressively unforgiving to joy and hope. And it makes a small amount of space for sentimentality. And for me, that's like Christmas is supposed to be about, like, the, the Christmas episodes. They can... It, it, they're supp- they, ideally, they should wrangle with dark topics. Like, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, A Christmas Story. Like, a lot of these... Christmas yeah, I think people, ideally they should. Ideally, you should be discussing, like, something of, 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 of weight and value and have at least one thing to say about the world, right? Like... Yeah. Um, and these uh the, the but they the, this decides to bite off like five major topics in less than 50 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then bump rush a bunch of children <laughs> just like hey hey hey, hey kids you just know that just, someday you, you could just lose kids, all of your <laughs> kids just
1: to be clear kids can really die and here's two that did
0: Oh, and if you don't die also, um, your dad could lose his job and you could become homeless. Your dad could try and kill himself. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's, there's not even pieces you reach old age. Because when your wife dies, you love her enough. <laughs> it's going to be the end of it. Uh, what's interesting, though, that, you know, Elf was a very goofy show. After this episode airs, you know, this is episode, what, 14 of the second season. Next week, episode 15. Um, it's about uh, Elf demanding a trial when he throws a ball through the neighbor's window. So they kept the stakes basically the same into the next week understanding that like look if you watch this and this was a big hit this was' a big hit this is their highest rate season you gotta keep you gotta keep the kind of like emotional center grounded and so yeah I mean demanding justice when uh, in a trial to be held by the team after throwing a ball through a window, I think, just like Tiffany didn't make it. We don't know if that window made it. I had to spit my water back in the bottle.
0: i just saying, like... Oh my god. I mean, and again, the... <laughs> no, Elf is... Elf is... No, Elf doesn't, like, go to God in this episode. He's like, why would you take her, God? Why not take me? And instead, he's like, I didn't fucking do that shit. <laughs> I didn't put yeah. the ball through the window. Yeah. I need a trial. <laughs> this is America uh yeah so a trial
1: I, it, yeah. It, it is funny though because yeah you're right this was those were the stakes the, the alf christmas special was working in and then every other episode was working with those kind of stakes. so yeah i mean again <laughs> it, it's like if all of a sudden an episode of like muppet babies is like hey Mr. Nanny or Miss Danny didn't touch Skeeter the right way. It's like, Whoa, oh wait a second. This is not in line with what the show is about. Like, and yeah. then just the next week they're like, Kermit loses his ball. Like <laughs> it's you know, it's not it it is I I think it's like to to circle back to what we said at the beginning, like I think that this episode and more than most special episodes, even the extreme hilarious cases that we said is like violently irresponsible.
0: (laughs) I, 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 I've been bringing this up for years because I needed you to know how egregious it is. This is not, this is not merely like, uh, oopsie daisy. We misstepped and we, you know, we, we went into dark (sighs) territory. Um, this is, this is truly like, if you haven't seen this, I don't know why you're still listening, but if you haven't seen this, seek it out. It's on YouTube. Watch it. It's 40% the length of this episode. Because if you watch it, I am relieved of my curse. No. And you get to carry the curse going yeah. forward. And it's like an It Follows curse. And then eventually you
1: come back to the YouTube comments and say, still makes me cry every time. Best piece of Christmas media of all time. And then uh, you end up on your own journey to Melmac Mac someday. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, People (laughs) – the internet reaction to this is like, this is when Elf got real. And I I don't mean that as a joke. Like, I've – there's not a ton of reviews. But, like, the reviews that I could find are all overwhelmingly positive and about, like, this doesn't shy away from the tough issues. And what I would like to ask all those people reviewing it, why do you need Elf to touch on the tough issues in life? Like, not everything needs to address the saddest parts of human existence, like suicide and child death. So I like I don't know what who these people are, but yeah, this was a big hit. They credit this for being like a huge part of its second season success when it was the tenth and uh, tenth highest rated show in the entire goddamn country, which means it was probably watched by eight hundred million people. For how many people <laughs> watched television back then? And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely is a cursed media and hilarious that exists. And also, uh, I think people would have a legitimate lawsuit for foisting this as stuff on an unsuspecting public gathering around in between Rankin and bath specials to watch
0: the new elf, the goofy elf Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that this is, I, I've already talked about how just deeply, this is a word I don't use very often, but like deeply inappropriate. Everything. And yeah. in this is like, yeah. I almost I almost never use that word. I do not like that word. It was something that, especially as a, a loudmouth child, I was oh, yeah. very often to stop acting inappropriate. You're acting inappropriately. Yeah, I uh, hated it. Hate yeah. hate uh, every every one of those people that told me that. Um, Did
1: Thomas Jefferson act inappropriate when he told King George <laughs> to fuck off?
0: I Mom. I do remember. Uh, so Aaron, as an example, as a kid who was smart but also had ADDs so I couldn't really focus on things a teacher said what a wolves eat she wanted to talk about the circle of life and then you were supposed to say rabbits or whatever and I was like I actually just watched something about wolves on National Geographic or whatever, and my teacher was like, "Awesome, what do they eat?" And I was like, "Sometimes when food scarcity happens, they eat each other. It's called savaging." And (laughs) (laughs) and she dragged me out of the classroom and called me a liar.
1: I mean, I think of anything we've also learned that the teacher and that that was the first time I was called inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, that's a. I mean, I still remember when I got my. I remember my first time getting dragged out of the room. Uh, it was in first grade. The teacher said, "Thumbs up if you want to read another story," and I gave a thumbs down, and I was told that was an inappropriate and rude remark, and I was taken out of the classroom. This is back when teachers did not. She <laughs> should just
0: gone do bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just, do it. Like,
1: like, hold on. Why is thumbs up? Okay, but thumbs down? Is it?
0: She should look around the room and be you're like, You're just gonna got look for the absence course. of
1: thumbs? Hold on, you're asking for yes votes. Well, you're gonna count yes and absence votes? No. I'm giving a no vote.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, so there's not a democracy here? Yeah. There's just yes and shut the fuck up? It's not very cool, totalitarian. Ms. Riley. Yeah. Like like as long as Saddam Hussein wins the election, which he also engineered. Kids wanna hear the other story. Um <laughs> then you, you you get punished for voting against him. Yeah. Um, but but my point is that like the word inappropriate I very very largely uh, avoid because the idea that like there's appropriate spaces for conversations or appropriate spaces to make comments is, is very often like not quite my bag. I think like you can say deep things with uh, very shallow, shallow genres. Uh, I think that you can say uh, very shallow things. Uh, You you can just make a very pretty movie that's very often, you know, a genre that you expect a lot out of. Like Mm -hmm. art films can be very shallow. Um, It's it's um, it's fine. Um, My point is that uh, this is just a deeply obviously inappropriate uh, setting for these huge topics. It is just it's it's maximalist on on uh, uh trauma and <laughs> Maxim, maximalist on triggering uh to a degree that like I don't totally know why no one reigned this in like why no one wasn't like what if it's about a bunch of very sweet people trying to make the best last Christmas for a little girl and we don't put too hard of a button on it at the end like this would yeah. be a Christmas special that kind- I would have watched my brother and I would have went you know, it's not that funny, and then I would have forgotten about it immediately. Yeah, but I didn't forget about it because it's sticky because it's, 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 it's the deep, same deeply wrong thing that shouldn't exist. And so, in my yeah. brain, it like cannot catalog it properly. Yeah,
1: well, and we don't even know will there be more ALF? So, they tried to do a reboot of ALF in 2018. Uh, one in one of the funniest, I, I love when Wikipedia articles say stuff like this. Like in February of 2018, Paul Fusco announced that they were doing a reboot of ALF. And on June 2018, the reboot was canceled. (laughs) It's like, months, made it three months? Uh, But as of 2022, Shout TV now owns all the rights to ALF, both the existing episodes and if they ever want to make more. And so, who knows? We may get more ALF uh, in the future. And I think if they do it without Paul
0: Fusco, uh, he will kill someone <laughs> <laughs> So I can't promise that It will be as you, as good as this But did you read that there is a two part So presumably you know similar length To this um, Thanksgiving episode where Alf uh, Meets an unhoused person And yep. I think tries to help them out
1: That was actually very Man, There's a say by the Bell the College Year Special episode where they meet unhoused homed People and let them celebrate Christmas At like the college rec center yeah, I think there's a full house. Isn't one of the full house Christmas episodes we covered?
0: Um, Don't they like oh. bring a
1: homeless person over? Home, <laughs> yeah, unhoused.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they call homeless. So.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. There's, uh, there's definitely the one where Mickey there's Rooney one with Mickey is Rooney. That, is, the, yeah. is the
1: lonely magic shop proprietor that everyone knows
0: uh, who, takes them, who, who takes them hostage before they. <laughs>
1: We should just do our next Curse Christmas should just be sitcom Christmas episodes. But uh, yeah, this was nuts. Uh, we're gonna end the month at least from a Christmas perspective next week with uh, another cursed piece of media that shouldn't exist and shouldn't be good. But I'm hearing rumors it's good. Yeah, and that I, is I've, I've watched I watched half of it right now and I like it. That is so I guess I, I was wrong, Peter. It's only six episodes. It's not eight. It's not eight. earlier reports that i read were incorrect and the finale airs on december 14th it would be
0: weird if it ended on like yeah january 3rd (laughs) but yeah the tim
1: allen uh legacy sequel disney plus tv show the santa Clauses, we're going back for more more tim allen is martin
0: short in any of them yet (laughs) not yet they've had cameos with a lot of the old the old folks but not they haven't brought back shorty well, let's see. I mean, does he die? How am here? I going to get my shorty back? Hoo 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 hoo! And I don't know what I'm going to do without my boo. Yeah. So next week, let's fu- let's fu- I don't know. Let's find out
1: next week what Peter's going to do without his boo as we cover the Disney Plus series, The Santa Clauses.